It's at 20 to 9. Now, usually at this point, we have our petrosexual petrol head, Nico. Nico is away this weekend, though. Whoa, he's uh, just out and about and having fun. So we have invited a guest presenter for this one. We do believe that it's going to be a goodie. Putti Mpiane is a, a motoring journalist who works for the Business Day newspaper as well as for Times Live as well. And he is on the line and on hold to talk to us about cars, cars, and more cars. If you have any questions, you're welcome to send them in as well. Putti, thank you so much for joining us. Morning, Putti. Good morning, Michelle. Ah, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Taking uh, up the slack and the slot from Nico, our petrol head. So we appreciate that enormously. So, Putti, <laughs> we are in, jeez, uh, I mean, I think every, all of us are feeling like the grinding grind of um, watching the petrol just go up and up and up. What do you think uh, we are seeing? What kind of outcomes are we going to see on this? You have got some insights into that. Yes, uh, big story. Uh, it's on everybody's lips in terms of how the petrol prices shot up shockingly so. Mm. And yeah. Uh, yeah, at the end of it, I think we'll probably uh, come out with people who can save and drive less and unnecessarily. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there, there is a different way to looking at it. But, yeah, man. Um, I think during the very same week when uh, the government was about to announce the latest price, uh, what then happened is we have the South African uh, petroleum petroleum industry uh, that decided let's let's bring in some journalists and perhaps give them an idea of why the petrol price actually goes up, how much it why it, it it costs this much. Yeah. And I must say, Michelle, it, it's quite a, a complex uh, issue, yet quite fascinating um, I'm sure. in terms of what affects uh, the price to, to, to rise sharply like this. Is it about the transport of the actual uh, petrol itself? Essentially, it is about everything, including okay. the, 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 the current Ukrainian war, as yeah. Sapia actually explained it. However, if we have to break it down, uh, look at it this way. Essentially, uh, in one dollar of crude that yeah. the country pays for, in any one dollar, uh, I think government only makes less than uh, less than five percent out of every dollar. Yeah, essentially. So about ninety-five percent they can't touch it. It's it's fees from all of that and all that. So they're dealing with this 5%, literally in every dollar, right? So within that 5%, they must now also do taxations. They must also make sure that industry makes profits, the garages and all that, the transportation fees, they're all in that 5%. I don't know if you understand. Yeah. So essentially, what happens if they, uh, as the petrol price now is about 25 grand, Essentially, what government is doing is adding those different five percent uh, to actually make up enough to actually tax and run some services in the country, as well as keep the industry profitable. Essentially, so, 
So here, Putty, here's a question for you, and maybe I'm not sure that you can answer it, and I'm not even sure that it's true. Mm. And um, the question is, um, I, I saw something on Twitter that said, we provide Botswana with petrol, and yet they are paying a lot less for the petrol than we yeah. are. And I, I wasn't sure about this. I, I didn't know. I mean, but but how does that work? Is that true, or is that just complete disinformation? Quite likely, very true. Um, yeah. Again, uh, it comes down to the very same uh, calculation in that perhaps uh, the 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 fiscus of Botswana doesn't require as much money to keep it running. It's a smaller country uh, with, yeah. I suppose, uh, lesser problems than us. We want just over 60, 60 million now. 60 so, million, yeah. Exactly. So that means we need to, the government needs to make more money out of the taxation of the petrol to keep them going. Whereas the China will probably need less. That is why yeah. you see the past difference. Yeah. So, yes, it's the same petrol. However, South Africa's issues are far bigger than the China's either. So they have yeah. to actually try and find make money from the petrol price to make sure that uh, they can keep the light, so to speak. So, Puti, we've got a question from Terence who's saying, um, can your guest advise on how to save more petrol, especially with a 4 by 4 And sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, can uh, you Terence. help? Can you help? Well, uh, I always tell people at the First, the first way to save petrol is to actually not drive. I mean, you can imagine. You're not driving. So literally, you need to actually think, is this trip necessary? Yeah. How far is it going? I mean, how far am I going? How much petrol am I going to spend doing that? You need to first do that. And then when you have to go and literally save money on a 4x4, four four, uh, keep it in two-wheel drive, number one. Yeah. Uh, essentially, because the 4x4 means all the power is going to all the wheels. So if you just make it to go to the two wheels, some cars have that, uh, 4x4, some cars don't. But yeah. two-wheel drive is, is your best way. And obviously, employ uh, what you call is thrifty driving um, tricks, I, I may call it. So don't don't over-rev the car. Drive slightly below the, the speed limit. Uh, take Take an hour before. Drive out and out before so that you are not late and you're not rushing, essentially. So, choose choose roads with less traffic. Yeah. Less stop and yeah. go. So basically the, the way to... Is it, is it to, true then that you spend much more money if you if you speed on petrol? Yes. Absolutely, you do that. Uh, a car uh, consumes petrol to actually create more speed, essentially. Yeah. Yes. At the same time, uh, it uses petrol to also to also drive slow, so it's a choice that people can make. Sure, you drive slow, I mean, you eat less. Yeah, but the problem is you drive slow, and it takes you longer to get there. So you have to measure up and weigh up the the time it takes you to get to a place whether you drive slow or fast. We have got a question oh. for you. You here? I'm gonna I'm gonna just put it through. Let's go for it. Okay, apparently not. I'm waiting for the team. But this. Let's do that again. Let's start that again and see if we hey, can morning, hear morning, it. Morning, once again. Say bless the truck driver here. I just want to ask the petrol guy now today. Eh? Uh, I bought a new petrol in my car. 
But this this problem just started now. I bought the battery a year ago. But now, every winter, these car's batteries give me a problem. Every winter. The battery is new. I bought it in April. But every time I try to start the car, the battery is flat. Uh, what might be the causing causing this in, in a Toyota uh, Avanza 2014 model? So, Putty, there you go. He bought the the battery in April, but like come winter, it just dies. Sounds to me like it's a dud. <laughs> <laughs> it could be, or not necessarily. Um, yeah. Look, the the first issue, yeah, is perhaps look at if there is no electrical problem on the car that keeps draining the battery. Number one, uh, yeah. it's it's quite a likely one. And like the second possibility, in that yes, during winter. Uh, Batteries tend to die out. Uh, yeah. Sort of, uh, the, the, the voltage goes low because of the ambient temperature. Especially in the morning, you will, you will try to start, and it just takes longer, or it's just dead. So yeah. perhaps he, he, if it's not an electrical problem, then perhaps he needs to look at where he parks the car. You know, yeah. uh, is it does it stand outside? You know, like literally, like you know, if, if you stand outside in the cold, you'll be very cold. So it could very well be those two. Electrical issue, or probably change where you pack it overnight. Okay, that's a yeah, that's a um, yeah. Okay, don't leave your car out in the cold if you possibly can. We've got another comment uh, with regards to the cost of fuel in neighbouring countries. Let's listen to that. Good morning, Michelle. I also want to add on that very same story. Um, South Africa also uh, provide um, Namibia with petrol in the very same thing. It's also happening that the Namibians are also paying less for petrol. I cannot understand why my South Africans pay more for petrol. This is coming from Terence. Okay, and then there's also a comment from someone else with regards to that saying petrol is cheaper in Lesotho too and people are crossing the border to fill up. So um, we kind of need fuel passes. So... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we need to to go and have a look at that one as well you know you mentioned you mentioned the the winter and i thought that was um such a good a a good comment about how to look after your car in winter because there are things that we have to do i mean one of them like literally saying is if you can put your car indoors um in in a garage do that because the cold will uh play havoc on the battery what else should one be thinking of putty uh yes um not only does uh, the, the the cold weather have an effect on batteries, but it will have an effect on things like tires as well. So your mm-hmm. tire pressures as well tend to uh, lower in the winter. So yeah. people need to be very careful of that. Uh, just keep regular check of the pressures in your tires, um, as well as again uh, general maintenance. Uh, we want to be warm in in winter, so make sure that your your heater is in working condition. Uh, before winter hits, uh, because once that happens and you find that you have to fix your heater or you actually don't have a functioning heater, that's going to make your travel for you and your kids very uncomfortable. Uh, you can imagine going to school uh, going with kids and it's cold. Uh, so make sure that your car is well-maintained before winter. Um, the, the winter, again, also has an effect on rubbers, you know, the, on the windows. So they tend to sort of, uh, you start having these little leaks where you have 
air coming into the car. You know, yeah. if you don't maintain that, yes. Your wipers as well, they tend to wither away in winter. If you notice, the <laughs> it's, it's, in fact, winter is a good time to sort of uh, check if your car, your, 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 your wipers are ready for the rainy season that comes after winter. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you generally find proof that your, your wipers are not in a good shape during winter, very much in the morning as you wipe away the dew, overnight dew, and you're like, okay, that didn't wipe so well. That's probably so, because... Sh- yes. should, we, should we be getting new, I mean, if we are going to get new wipers, should we be getting them as as over winter, like maybe renewing our, our wipers if we can, etc.? Yes, because even winter, uh, you do need your wipers, especially in the mornings. I certainly find myself using my wipers every time I have to leave in the morning because yeah. the car is caked with cold or dew or ice. You know. So you okay. really actually should be getting them before winter. Okay. We've got a, um, another, another uh, comment for you. Uh, let's go to it. Good morning, Michelle, and your guest and the SAFM listeners. Um, I just want to find out why is it that uh, the coastal areas do not have uh, 93 uh, uh, petrol and um, it's only 95 but when you go to inland that's when you get an option of 93 and 95 is there a special reason for that thank you edridge in cape town good question putty what's the deal yes fascinating question uh the difference uh is octane levels so coastal areas because of their positioning uh, which is literally at sea level uh, uh, so the, the the air quality there is very different from the air quality up here uh, in the high south. So literally cars uh, in the coast need work better uh, using 95 octane, whereas up here, yes, you can use 95, but however, you find that it's literally, you know, it's, it's marginal. You know, some people prefer 95, but 93 is just very right right here, uh, up here in Joburg. It's just about the positioning of uh, where the engine uh, is functioning in terms of altitude as well as weather differences. That's really it. So so just just give us that to us again. You're just saying that actually in Johannesburg, 93 is... Are you saying it's better than 95? Essentially, yes. Uh, because what happens is 95 is actually more expensive than 93. But yeah. your car up here would work, your, your car's engine would function quite normally with 93. You know, whereas in the coast, because of uh, the, the, the fuel and air mixture, you require a high octane for that to yeah. be more efficient, essentially. Okay, well, I hope that answers the question. That's so, so intriguing. It's not something that I'd thought about before uh, in depth. And then we go as well. You, you've got some, some thoughts, uh, Putty, around. Uh, we, we've talked about like really what one has to do with regards to the um, the lifespan of your car as well. When we talk about the lifespan of your car over winter and just taking care with your car over winter, what other things should we be looking at? Well, uh, for, for, I think from a technical perspective, uh, that, that about covers it well. Perhaps we could look at one in terms of how you, as a driver, what you should be looking out for during winter. Uh, 
Mm. I mean, uh, we have the phenomena of black ice. Uh, essentially, it's when the stomach surface is very slippery because it has a layer of invisible ice, which is why we call it black ice. So you might find that you can lose control of your car just literally driving out of your gate or at the first corner. So in the morning, generally hold back. Uh, don't speed up unnecessarily, you know, yeah. in winter. Um, one, again, as we spoke about how some technical aspects of the car are affected uh, through winter, you might find that you're probably following a car and because of winter, each tail life or brake life have been affected. And yeah. You know what I mean? And you don't realize this person has braked. So you, there's an accident waiting there to happen. Not because the person is probably uh, doing something. However, because of winter, that could happen. Yeah. So keep your distance as well. Just drive normally. Uh, look, in fact, one interesting aspect of winter that people ask is, do, should I warm up my car in the morning? Yes, yeah. some cars, especially older cars, uh, definitely you should do that, uh, warm them up. But modern cars, Jerry, don't need to be warmed up. Uh, they've got systems already that takes care of that yeah. uh, issue. Whereas in older cars, you could have da- you can damage your car by just simply driving off in the morning without keeping the keeping the engine at idle for some time to warm things up. So yeah, yeah basically that. And it would be nice to keep a blanket or a jacket in your car, uh, in your boots, because you never know what may happen. You may have an emergency somewhere, you have to stop, and you're cold. Yeah. You know, I want to, uh, Puti, um, uh, before we have run out of time, I want to ask you something. The other day I was driving, and there was a lot of traffic, and this car came by, and it had those kind of, those flashing lights, but not, it wasn't like a police car or something. The lights itself were flashing sort of near the bumper and the number plate and all of that. And it was Mm. kind of weird because it was speeding along and forcing us along. And I'm trying to understand, is that legal? Um, Is that a a police car that is just, what is that? Ah, fascinating question. So, uh, yes, there are what you call is color categorizations uh, when it comes to those lights, you know, we yeah. know that police are blue, right? Yes. Uh, we know that medical is red as well as yes. fire, you know. Yeah. So what I, what I picked up is a lot of the white now. White is generally used by security uh, companies. Uh, I don't know if you yeah. understand. Yeah, <laughs> so your yeah, local yeah. security, yes, you find that they can use this light, these white lights. And there's absolutely nothing illegal about that. What would be illegal is if they used a blue color and they're not police or a red light and they're not medical or fire but white generally is used by security and anybody else i guess which is why our cars have white led lights so so if i had those little flashing lights at the at, in the front and in the back of my car where my other lights are that would flash yes. as i drove along would i be yes. allowed to do that i do not see any uh, legal or legal challenges in that because if you think about it as soon as you see a car flashing blue lights automatically you know the police and that means they're stopping you similarly as if you see red lights yet when the car flashes white you don't necessarily now react you know you're like well okay you just have white lights on so i don't think it's a problem at all i mean i this guy was like sort of weaving through the crowd as though he was like 
Um, as you say, yeah. perhaps he was like the personal security of some government yeah, person. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. probably rushing off to some security yeah. emergency. Yes. It's. I mean, it's, it becomes quite unsafe, actually, because you just don't know, you know, you don't know what you're meant to do. Like, we all know what to do when an ambulance comes rushing. We all know what yeah, to do yeah. when a policeman comes rushing or a fire engine. You know, we've yeah, learned that. Know. This is completely different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just security. I, I think, again, you also speak to the other phenomena where you're seeing a lot of criminals start using blue lights, what they call is blue light gangs, you know, yeah. to try and stop you to get that. So yeah, it's really just about being vigilant. If somebody is coming behind you with a white light, uh, the best way is just to move out of their way, essentially. Yeah, you don't absolutely. Want to, yeah. Yeah. Puti, thanks so much for joining us. That's Puti Mpiane. Puti is um, one of the uh, car columnists for uh, the Business Day and also for the um, Times Live website as well, motoring journalist and giving us some insights into what it is. And I'm wondering if you've ever had that experience where this car comes shooting up behind you and it's like flashing these lights, but the lights are not on top of the car. The lights are kind of... Uh, close to the other lights, your your front lights and your back lights, and they're flicking and they're flashing. It's not, and, you know, what do you do? Do you just move aside, as Putty says? Do you just assume that this is um, a policeman or whatever the case may be?